You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning, everyone. It is a daily tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. The morning after Super Bowl Sunday. Will we stay awake this morning? That's the plan. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up on this Monday edition, anything and everything we saw last night in the Super Bowl from the game to what it means for individual legacies to the halftime show to the commercials. If you saw it, we're going to talk about it. That will carry us into the 7 o'clock hour when we talk about who won the weekend as we cast our votes for MVP Monday, followed by more from the big game and what you may have missed over the past couple days. Then at 8 o'clock, we look at the odds for the 2024 NFL season of BetMGM and the 2025 Super Bowl. They are already out. We'll discuss some of the big free agent decisions as well in the next few weeks. And then it is our best bets at 8.40. Chelsea, good morning to you. Did you stay up late last night? Oh, yes. And here's the problem when games go to overtime. How am I supposed to go to sleep after my blood is pumping that quickly? And then after the game, I was like, well, is Travis Kelsey going to propose to Taylor Swift? Am I going to have to stay up even later for this? Because Travis Kelsey was kind of wilding out on the sidelines. Then when he was on the stage, he was yelling around. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, he's got that look in his eye. He's going to do something crazy. So, yeah, not much sleep was had last night. But this has to be the most mail-it-in Monday probably of the entire season. I think throughout the show, you know, if people are listening at home or in their cars or at work, you send us the hashtag, mail it in Monday, and tell you tell us what you're doing today that maybe you wouldn't be doing any other day. Jenks for me, I woke up mm-hmm. later. I did not put a lot into my appearance this morning, but you know what? It's a hashtag, mail it in Monday. So who cares? Ugh, look at me. Look at this hair. You think I spent any time on this hair? I had a mini afro gone just about two minutes ago, rushing downstairs. Man, we got what we paid for last night. All the extra football you can imagine, but I think a lot of people are going to be in the same boat as you, Chelsea. Where, yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be your best Monday just work wise because we had to stay up late and watch the big game. So we have so much to talk about. Let's get into that. Before we do, though, however, let's talk about our bets. And this was not a profitable weekend for this guy. Yeah, wasn't one for me either. And this, I believe, is wrong in the rundown because, man, I lost all three of my bets. That is correct. But the second half under, like, this is in regulation. It's not for overtime. 
So I lost this by, I think, one point. I had under 24 and a half. I believe it was 25. I can go back and double check. But I know the Brock Purdy one was definitely a bad beat. Um, so Brock Purdy had 13 rush yards until two seconds left oh. in regulation. He kneels down for minus one yard with two seconds left to play. So he finishes with 12 yards. So I lose that one. Had him over 12 and a half. He finished with 12 and then had Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. Thought that one was going to come through. Had a couple chances. It didn't come through. But listen, even though I went 0-3, I would not take back any of my bets. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I don't regret any of them. So, yeah, it sucks to go 0-3. But, you know, losing them so close like that, some of them. Uh, so, no regrets. It sucked, but no regrets. I'm with you there. I only had one official bet in the Super Bowl, which was that Brock Purdy bet. So I saw that as well. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me by the hook. And then I had a hockey game on Friday night. Penn's Moneyline versus the Wild. That was a loser. As for the Donkster, I mean, the winning just continues. Bucks link 14 versus the Hornets. That was a win. And then San Diego State Moneyline at Nevada on Friday. Took overtime, but... That was a loss. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a loss for the Doxter. Finally took an L. So for the week, Chelsea, you went one and six. I went five and three. The Doxter, however, second man, second straight winning week where he has just absolutely destroyed seven, one and one, 15, two and one in the last two weeks. I'm Jinx. She's Chelsea. It is a daily tip for Beck UL presented by BetMGM. And let's get into the Super Bowl last night. What a matchup between the Niners and the Chiefs. The Niners laying two points the Niners minus 130 on the money line the Chiefs were plus 110 your total set at 46 and a hook so what happens the Chiefs win 25 22 the over hits and they were trailing early in this game the Chiefs were but they continued to fight and the reason why they were down early is because of a couple of incredible plays from Juwan Jennings second and ten Jawan Jennings, great play. Oh, this ball's in the air for a long time. McCaffrey's able to pull it down, and he's going in for the touchdown. Jawan Jennings with a touchdown pass. Unbelievable eight touchdown pass. pass. Caught. Jennings did it. What an effort breaking tackles. Now he's thrown for a touchdown and caught another. All out pressure. The blitz is on. You're in the Super Bowl. Down to Mahomes. So Jennings makes history. Only the second player in Super Bowl history to throw and catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles was the other. But of course, what happens late in this game? Niners leading 22-19 in overtime after the Chiefs force overtime with a field goal from Harrison Butker and in the OT. Here we go. Patrick Mahomes driving the Chiefs down the field. And as part of that drive, he finds who else is tied in. Mm. Seven. Kelsey, who else? Taking off inside the 20, down to the 10-yard line with nine seconds to go. Nine seconds to play. Chiefs need a field goal to tie and a touchdown to win it. So take a wild guess what happens. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown. Kansas City. McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side. A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime. 
Kansas City wins the game 25-22. And the Chiefs kingdom has started its own history class because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs do it in overtime. My Lord, I lost track of all the numbers there. So calls courtesy of Wolf Kansas City and, of course, CBS. We'll talk about legacies later on in this show. Patrick Mahomes, 333 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He is the game's MVP. The Chiefs become the first back-to-back champions in the NFL in 19 years and ninth in NFL history, Chelsea. I mean, you know, sometimes the simplest handicap maybe is the best handicap. And what were we saying going in? Do you really want to bet against Patrick Mahomes? And that's what happened in this one. Right. This was the entire crux of my reasoning on picking the Super Bowl was, do you really want to bet against Patrick Mahomes? And if there is two minutes left to play in this game, and I didn't think it would be overtime, but still, if there's two minutes left to play, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, Mm -hmm. starting a drive down the field, aren't you feeling really nervous if you're on the Niners? And that turned out to be the case. That's how this game ended. We were lucky enough to see one of the best to ever do it, do one of the best things to ever do it. You know, leading these game-winning drives, coming from behind, and they showed a stat uh, at halftime on Patrick Mahomes. I believe he was like 8-2 and two in playoff games in which he trailed by like seven points or more. And so I was like, all right, you might as well post like a QR code to the sports books and say, okay, go ahead and live bet the Chiefs now. At mm-hmm. halftime, the Chiefs were getting five and a half points. I believe the line, live line on the money line was plus 180. So I think we all kind of saw it coming a little bit just because the first half did not look like the Chiefs. They looked unprepared. They looked sloppy. They were getting all these penalties. But we knew that we would see some semblance of a good team. And that's all they had to do was just hang around. Because, Jenks, didn't it feel like this game was much further apart than it actually was? Like the score for most of the first half was either 3 nothing. Or like 10 nothing, But still, yeah. you cannot sit on that kind of lead against Patrick Mahomes and company. What another comeback win for the Chiefs and certainly something to add to the legacy for one of the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, I kept thinking the same thing watching this game early on where the Niners were in control and they were dominating time of possession. They certainly mm-hmm. had more plays than the Chiefs, but they just couldn't push through and build on that. And the longer this game stayed close, you had to feel like this is not going to be good for San Francisco if the ball is in Mahomes' hands late. So what what you need to do here is you need to build on the fact that you have some momentum here, and they they just could not do it. They just could not do it. Now, part of that was self-inflicted. Part of that was the Chiefs' defense. But the Chiefs seemed really discombobulated early, having a lot of issues with that Niners' defense. They were just throwing four-man rushes at Patrick Mahomes. His timing was off. But with a great player like it normally is, Chelsea, if you give him long enough to adjust, if you give Andy Reid long enough to adjust, eventually they come around more often than not, and that's exactly what happened. Same goes for Travis Kelsey. Guy was a ghost in the first half, and I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, Taylor Swift chugging a beer is going to be the best highlight 
to come out of that couple in the Super Bowl. But in the second half, Travis Kelsey came alive. Some huge catches and big drives in this game and ended up, I believe, going over all of his props. You know, imagine if you're like sitting on his unders and the whole first half you're thinking, oh, Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey's not even showing up. Great, grand, wonderful. Uh, and then the second half he really came alive. Um, but here's a question I want to ask because I am not a football coach. I am not a football analyst. But when you take the ball to start overtime, when mm-hmm. this is more like college football rules, and let me set the yeah. stage if you're wondering what I'm talking about. You know, when it went to overtime, the Niners won the toss and they mm-hmm. chose to get the ball. For me, strategy-wise, I would like to be the team that's second, uh, you know, just so you can see what the other yeah. team does. Because he just set himself up for Patrick Mahomes ga- going down the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't get a touchdown, you know, that's the dagger. So, Jenks, would you have done the same thing? Am I missing something here? No, I, I would not have done that. I absolutely would have taken the ball second to see what the Chiefs were going to do. You mentioned college football. I think that's the perfect way to set it up if you're talking strategy-wise. And I don't I don't necessarily – I would not necessarily say that there is a definitive right and wrong answer because Kyle Shanahan was asked about this after the game. And his thought mm-hmm. was, well, if – if we score and then Patrick Mahomes scores or the Chiefs score and it's tied up again, we want to know what we need to do with the football if we get it back a third time, which we think is a strong possibility. So they were planning way into overtime. Like, we don't necessarily think this is going to be we get the ball, they get the ball, that's it. So I understand why they did it, and they were also looking at analytics. Like, it was the best analytical play based on the Chiefs and Mahomes and how that's set up. So I know that we'll get some questions today, and I understand that. But I don't think it was some sort of death knell coaching decision that cost the Niners the game. They had plenty of chances, plenty of chances throughout to win the game, and they just ended up losing. Yeah, I don't think it cost them the game. I do think that that was a question I had, you know, just because I was curious. And obviously these are different overtime rules than we see in normal NFL games. So it was just something a little different. But in the end, I don't think this is a case of the Niners losing it. I think it's the Chiefs winning it. And I know the narratives going into this game against Kyle Shanahan where, like, he blows leads in the Super Bowl. But this was nowhere on the level of the 28-3 disaster that he Mm -hmm. suffered, you know, with the Falcons. I will say the common denominator is going it's two of the best quarterbacks of all time. But here's the thing. There are no asterisks. Like, nobody is going to look at a Super Bowl loss. Well, I mean, people will look at it, but in the history books, there's no asterisk there. It doesn't matter if you lose to, you know, Trent Dilfer or Patrick Mahomes. A loss is a loss is a loss. So it sucks for the Niners. It just felt like they met a team that was inevitable. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, there's nothing you can do right now. Patrick Mahomes is just going to go down the field. It is written in the stars. So for me, it was more the Chiefs won it, and it's not like the Niners lost it. No, I, I, I sort of hate how, and not you, but I'm saying you, you see this all the time. We're so quick to say, okay, let's blame Kyle Shanahan for this one, this one call that he made in overtime. If he hadn't have done that, like, listen, the, the Niners had, Christian McCaffrey had that fumble in the first quarter. That would have been huge because they were driving right down the field. That a special teams turnover that was massive change the complexion of this game. So you can go back and nitpick, but I think overall, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you coached a very good game. You had a great game plan going in. You just got beat 
by a dynasty now because, and we'll talk about this, the Chiefs now have three Super Bowl wins in five years. That is absolutely a dynasty. And no question that if you're Kyle Shanahan too, you've had to face Tom Brady once and Patrick Mahomes twice. So not to make excuses, but ultimately there are a lot of head coaches, be it regular season, playoffs, whatever, who take the loss when facing generational quarterbacks. And thus far, it's happened to him as well. Coming up next year on the show, Legacies. We were just talking about that. Forged in each and every Super Bowl. And last night was no different. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Monday. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. The seventh longest game in the history of the NFL was one of the most memorable ones as well. And the Chiefs, you're going to hear a lot about it. You might as well say it right now. They have their dynasty. Yes, they absolutely do. That was Jim Nance on the call. And you are listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. The day after the Super Bowl, the day after we had one of the more memorable games in recent history and the game where Patrick Mahomes has started to stir up the dynasty talk. That's right. The Chiefs walking in uncharted territory when it comes to some of their Super Bowl wins. And I was trying to think from a talk show standpoint, which team I wanted to win, like what would be the best for the offseason? And I do think it's still probably the Chiefs. As much as people wanted to go against them, and say, okay, all right, we've had it with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Still, the sports talk radio, I think, is going to be much better over the course of the summer when we're discussing dynasties and legacies and all-time greats because now it feels like it is a very uh, fair conversation to put Patrick Mahomes in that category. And I was just thinking to myself, it feels like Patrick Mahomes has been the king of the AFC for quite some time. And I'm looking, and the guy's only 28 years old. So I think it is a scary thought that you look at Patrick Mahomes right now and all of the accolades and all of the AFC championships and all of the Super Bowls and now a Super Bowl MVP winner. And to think, this man's just getting started. That's what makes me, um, I feel like I don't even want to compare him to Tom Brady just yet because Tom Brady had a much longer career. And I guess this could go both ways because part of the reason why Tom Brady is currently the GOAT is because he did it in multiple generations and he did it for multiple teams, which kind of shows that he was the link there. It's not just the team around him. Although I feel like nobody's saying that about Patrick Holmes. Certainly somebody's saying that about Brock Purdy, but I do think last night kind of cleared up some things about Brock Purdy as well. I know Brock Purdy lost the game, and I know at the end of the game there, there were some throws that maybe he missed, but still, from the eye test, which all season long, I feel like the eye test was what was keeping Brock Purdy in that quote-unquote mid-category. You see him dump it off to 
Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, whoever, and you say, okay, I see the stats on paper, I see the wins, but I can't just give up this label to Brock Purdy and say he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. I feel like that changed for me last night. I knew he was a great quarterback. I'm not saying he was mid coming into this game. I thought he was a really good quarterback. I don't think you get to this point without being a great quarterback because he's elevating the weapons around him. They're great weapons, but still, it takes something to get to this point. I thought Brock Purdy played really well, and I think lost in all the mix, that legacy is you know a little lost along the way because I did think he played a relatively good game. He looks like the better quarterback. In the first half of this game, which was surprising to me, I thought he would have to do more. I didn't think we would see such a dull first half from Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, it's not one half of football. And that's why Patrick Mahomes eventually went on to win MVP. MVP was a wild roller coaster ride, though, throughout this game. There was a multitude of ways. As a better, you could say, hmm, this person deserves MVP. And here in Middle Tennessee, it's crazy to me that Jawan Jennings was actually a part of this conversation because Jawan Jennings went to Tennessee. He is from Middle Tennessee, went to Blackman High School, which if you haven't heard of it, it's the same high school that David Price went to. You know, former big league pitcher. I believe he's won a World Series. Maybe not. uh, Played for the Red Sox. Uh, But anyway, anyways, Jawan Jennings looked like the front runner for this award when the Niners were ahead. But then, of course, if the Niners don't win, he ain't going to win MVP. Uh, So we know how that went. Of course, the favorite winning MVP. It was kind of wild to me that the favorite to win MVP was not favored in the game. Hmm. Seemed a little fishy to me. And now, one of the questions I have moving forward, which, you know, part of the reason we do this discourse after the games is so we can say, what are the betting lessons that we learned? Number one, when we're in session, the number one rule that we learned, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. And I know this is the most simplistic handicap that you could possibly give, but come on, man, look at the numbers. Patrick Mahomes now 11-1-1 against the spread as an underdog. Those numbers do not lie. This is similar to betting against Tom Brady in his prime. Like, that's all I can equate it to. He is the best player on the face of planet Earth right now, and you can't go against him. Granted, this game went to overtime. And I would say normally if a game goes to overtime, you know, you can't really say one side was a lot better than the other and say, oh, you know, the Niners was the wrong side. No, it went to overtime. It was a close game. And I think we knew that going in. And then number two, if you think it's going to be a close game, you can bet on the win margin. I was looking at this before the game. You could bet the Niners to win by one to six points. It was plus 310. You could bet on the Chiefs to win one to six points, and it was plus 350. So you could just take both. If you think something's going to be, you know, a very close game, that's how you bet it. So number three betting lesson is there are a thousand ways to bet on the Super Bowl. So if you have some kind of angle, no matter how specific it is, you can bet on it. But I will say, if you had any kind of props in the first half, you're probably scratching your head and saying, oh, no. All of these unders are going to hit because we didn't have much of a game. It was pretty much a snooze fest uh, in the first half of this game. Uh, I guess you could say the defenses came to play, but like nobody wants to see that. We want to see the best players and the best offenses uh, go to work. And let me pull up the final stats because I believe that Christian McCaffrey might have gone over some of his props in overtime, 
But that was definitely a sweat. No, he didn't. 22 carries, 80 yards. That's the other betting lesson that we learned. Sometimes even if a player is poised to go off, and we knew that was one of the themes coming into this game, was the Chiefs had not been very good at stopping the run. But last night, they are pretty damn good at stopping the Niners on the ground. If you look at the team stats, uh, let's see how the rush defense did. I believe it was something crazy, like 2.5 yards per carry. I think I saw that metric. So hats off to the Kansas City defense for stopping the run. Christian McCaffrey held to 80 yards on the ground, which does not sound like a great feat. But still, when his number was 90 and a half, that's the thing. Even though Christian McCaffrey is really good, you are never getting a bargain on Christian McCaffrey. Even though Matt put in the chat uh, that he went over his rushing and receiving of 128 and a half, that's because he had a huge day through the air. Uh, I knew that he would be a part of the game plan in some way when it came to the passing game. I didn't see it being this big of a part. He was the leading receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, had 80 yards receiving, eight catches, a touchdown on eight targets. Debo Samuel had more uh, targets, though, 11 targets. And talk about a champion, that guy pushing through. Thought he wasn't going to play the end of this game, but he did. Ah, jinx. Looks like you've... Come back. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. What that a Monday. Fun. I know it's tough because it's, you know, the Monday after the Super Bowl. Now you're having computer issues. So what I was talking about was, number one, the legacy for Patrick Holmes. The fact that he is only 28 years old and he's already established yeah. this type of legacy is absolutely wild. And then some of the betting lessons we learned in the Super Bowl. So I'll set you up like this. What okay. was one betting lesson you learned last night in the Super Bowl? The betting lesson I learned was, I'll tell you what it would be. It would be to not force your bets. That's what I would say. Is that now I was on the Brock Purdy bet, right? And thinking, all right, he's going to get his rushing prop. It's going to be easy. It's 12 and a half. It was just 12. And I remember going into Friday thinking, you know, I don't know if I really like that. I like it enough. I like it enough, but I'm not quite sure I wanted to place it as one of my best bets. But personally, when I look at the bets that I placed, not just on this show, but just, you know, just for funsies on my own, there were a couple times I did it just to do it. And that's okay if it's a Super Bowl. But if you're being serious about your bets, you never want to throw out a bet flippantly just because it's a big game and you want some action. Do you know what I mean? Unless you're knowingly doing oh, yeah. it because... I want to have a good time, sure. But if you're doing it seriously, never force your bet. And sometimes I need to learn that lesson the hard way. Oh, yeah. My husband was trying to, like, calm me down, talk me off the ledge last night because my props did mm -hmm. not do well. And he said, Chelsea, these do not count any more than any other game. Like, I know the pressure is on because of the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. but unless you're betting more money, they count exactly the same as, you know, yeah. whatever bet you had during the regular season, during, you know, the playoffs. So that's something to remember as well. But, Jenks, let me ask you this on a very serious note. Mm -hmm. I was told that tails never fails. It <laughs> failed. It did. It did. It failed in a big way. That was my first L of the day. Now, I hit in overtime. So technically, would you rather have it hit during regulation or an overtime? I'll take the OT tails win every single time. So, yeah, I'd won on tails a couple times, but not last night, Chelsea. You were right. Early on, not good for me, but in overtime, yeah, it came through. Well, I would imagine most people probably weren't live betting the coin flip. I don't ever have <laughs> oh, the not. mental like wherewithal to like bet 
on a lot of things live during the game because I did ask. I was like, hey, honey, what's the live spread for the Chiefs? Because mm-hmm. I was interested. You know, at halftime right. is a good time to say, okay, this team is sandbagging. This team is looking really good. Time to look at the other side. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was making something. I think I was making pizza. And I think most people are doing something during the game. So we don't really have the the thought process of like, oh, let me run to my phone. Um, but still, uh, there were some good halftime bets to be made, of course, since mm-hmm. the Chiefs decided to completely wake up in the second half. So let's do a little legacy talk um, okay. for you. What is the legacy coming out for the Kansas City Chiefs? For me, it's okay. We can put Patrick Mahomes in the same breath as Tom yeah. Brady. Although after the game, he said, Tom Brady beat me head to head in a Super Bowl. So right now he sells the upper hand. But the crazy thing is, like I said, Patrick Mahomes is only 28. Do you think we see more of the same over the next 15 years for Patrick Mahomes? I I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I I certainly think if there's any quarterback out there who can absolutely do it, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's already one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, which is sort of amazing to think about at his age. I also think at the same time that – the assumption, which you sort of hear implied when people talk about Brady and Mahomes, it's almost implied mm-hmm. like, oh, Mahomes is going to get there. He's going to get there. He's going to be the GOAT. Seven Super Bowl rings is no joke. So even Patrick Mahomes said before the game, look, I'm not even halfway there. So there's no question that what Patrick Mahomes is doing is part of a dynasty, that he's already solidified his legacy as one of the greats because even Brady aside, he's in extremely rare company. Right, We're talking about the number of quarterbacks who have won three Super Bowls. It's what? Montana, Bradshaw, Brady. That's it. That's the list. So he's already in rarefied air. And the fact that the only one left for him to chase down, it appears, is Tom Brady as far as legacy goes. I think that speaks to how good he is. It could certainly happen. But football is a very dynamic game. And playing it later on into his career, I think that's the one thing that was so good about Brady is that he was just so accurate, such a hard worker. And the way his game kind of evolved over time was that he was able to stretch it out. You never know with Patrick Mahomes. He probably should be able to, but injuries are a thing. His team will change. So it remains to be seen, but certainly he has solidified his pledge. No question about that. I definitely don't think it is a foregone conclusion that he's going to catch Brady because it's very much a team sport. And as much as all of the talk and the hubbub is going to be Patrick Mahomes today and for the rest of the offseason, you've got Mm -hmm. to remember this was an excellent Chiefs defense. And to hold San Francisco to only 22 points, I feel like this was the best offense in the NFL for the course of the season. Like, think of all the weapons they had. And when they're healthy, this offense is formidable. So the defense certainly deserves their flowers after last night. And that is something that Patrick Mahomes is not going to have every single season. You know, we've seen him on bad teams, and we've certainly seen him on teams with bad offensive lines. You know, the year that he lost to Brady in the Super Bowl was the year that they had issues protecting the quarterback. And he looks very much human in that Super Bowl, probably one of his worst games of his career. So I think... That that is the tricky part. It's not Patrick Holmes. I think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback for the entirety of his career. But the team around him, you know, the issues with cap space and since you're paying him so much, you don't get to pay like other people. I do think it's going to be an uphill climb. It it, it will be. And also, this is where working with your head coach like Andy Reid is so crucial 
Because remember, about mid-season, the Chiefs weren't playing good football and they were struggling a little bit. And Andy Reid decided, let's change up our identity based on what we do well and what we don't. And that's when the Chiefs decided, all right, let's become more of a run-focused team and sort of make running and defense the things that we do the best. And, of course, augment that with the best quarterback on the planet. So I think that's one of those things where you certainly get Patrick Mahomes' credit. But at the same time, Andy Reid had a huge part of this. And we see this all the time in the NFL. These great head coaches generally have great quarterbacks. Right. And what a legacy to start leading in Kansas City. Certainly a good one. Coming up after the break, we continue to react to Super Bowl 58. What about the legacy for the 49ers? And how about those Super Bowl commercials? We give you our take on it all. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Monday. Mm. It is the Daily Tip for BQL presented by BetMGM. Chief Chelsea Messenger, I'm Michael Jenkins. Thanks for waking up with us after another Super Bowl as the Chiefs cement their legacy. Coming up shortly, Usher takes center stage at the Super Bowl halftime show. We're going to talk about that, the commercials that we liked. Before that, Chelsea, you got to set the scene for me. Set the scene. What was it like? In the Buchanan household, when you're getting ready for the Super Bowl, did you have food? Did you have a whole, like, spread? Did you have people over? I I need to imagine you and Jake and Blake watching the Super Bowl. How'd it go down? Well, because we had to work this morning, we didn't do much of anything. I didn't want to have people over. And then, like, at 8.30, be like, okay, I've got to get on my jam jams. So you're going to have to head out. (laughs) Uh, So we didn't do much. We cooked at home. And here's the issue when you have a four-year-old. You have to keep her entertained the whole time. So like half the time, we had her just, you know, perched in her chair with her iPad. And I felt like the worst mom ever. And then I would like play with her for a little bit. And we did like this doll fashion show. (laughs) So I was like prancing (laughs) these like dolls up and down the runway. And be like, catch it, catch it, Christian McCaffrey. Um, so it was an interesting dynamic. It definitely wasn't like a wild Super Bowl party. I was not doing anything fun or interesting. Just at home trying to keep my four-year-old entertained. That's ah, still a good time. I had my friend Daryl over just for a while. He only stayed a half, but we ordered, oh my God, we ordered so much food. We have wings and pizza for days, which is fine with me because I'll eat wings anytime. I might go in during a break and have some wings here. We got wings, we had pizza, we had cheese fries. Holy Lord. We went all in last night on the Super Bowl. I don't know how many Diet Cokes are just kind of hanging around, but it was a good, it was, it was very, it was sort of the perfect balance between let's not go crazy here. We both have to work tomorrow and me getting up early, but also at the same time, let's try to have a little bit of a layout. So it was a good balance there as opposed to going crazy because I'm like you, you can only do so much when you got to work the next day. No, I know. I'm feeling it right now. Are you? Thanks. What was your first thought when you woke up? I was like, oh my God, I should have asked Uh, off. Uh, Because the problem wasn't, 
Number one, how is the Super Bowl on so late? Can we petition to move it to like 3.30 or 2.30? Like what's stopping us from doing that? Are they really going to sell like less ads because, because of it? I don't think so. Like, can we not move it earlier or is this just us because we work mornings? Uh, I think, well, I think it's both. I think it's it's partially us because it works so early. And then also I think that, you know, they just stretch everything out. I By the time the game came around last night, I was like, let's play football. I want to play some football. Not everything needs like this long introduction. Like I enjoy the Walter Payton Man of the Year, but they just drug that out for a long time. And it's a, it's a wonderful award. It's just that, okay. And then right before the coin toss, and it was really sad, and they had that whole a sort of quick snippet on the on the tragedy in Hawaii and how they made it through the fires and the flooding. And so, man, it was, you know, it was tough, but they just squeezed in so much that, and then of course there's a long halftime show. So by the time you get the full game in, you've dropped at least just on the game itself from, from maybe a little bit of pregame to the end, you're talking about four and a half, five hours. You always forget that the Super Bowl just goes forever. And the commercials are every five seconds. It feels like. Because me and Jake were like, okay, we're going to do an arm workout every time there is a commercial break. Oh, my gosh. We only did this for the first (laughs) half because they would run three plays, and then it's like, well, it's time for another commercial break. Like, oh, my God, I just (laughs) sat down. You're telling me you're going back to commercials? So there was a lot of commercial breaks. Oh, my, yes, all over the place. Everything's sponsored. So, Chelsea, since we're talking about commercial breaks and the ads, do you have an ad or two or three? You know how it is. Oh, I only watch for the commercials. I only watch for the commercials. We know those people. There are people who just love the ads. And last night, there were some pretty good ones, I thought. But were there any? I think, to me, the one I loved the most was the Dunkin' Donuts one. I thought was really well done with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Tom Brady and J-Lo was in it. I don't know how much money Duncan is throwing out to these guys, but it's got to be so much money to get all of them involved. And I thought it was very funny. It was sort of a take on American Idol a little bit, and Ben Affleck was acting in fool. I thought that was a pretty good one. That was definitely my favorite, I think. Really? I hated yeah, that I thought one. it was hilarious. Did you? you I hated thought it, it was so it. cringy. Like, it I was. just thought it was... Oh, God. I don't know, because here's the thing about Super Bowl commercials. It feels to me like these companies spend all of their time, money, and effort on getting mm-hmm. celebrities and overproducing it to where the actual concept is not funny. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they spend all the money, they get the big name actors, but it's just like, it just wasn't super creative for me. And please forgive me because I did not see all of the commercials. I was busy Mm -hmm. doing, you know, a Barbie fashion show during some of these commercial breaks. But there were none that really stuck out to me. The one where uh, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, where it was, what is his name? Carl Cheffers? Is that the ref? Who's the guy that played Chubbs on uh, Happy Gilmore that just died? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Carl Cheffers. Yes. I don't know who that is, but Carl Weathers. They did a tribute to him. Yes. Uh, like a five-second yes. tribute, and that was sad. Um, but other than that, there were no commercials that I was like, wow, that's going to be one of the best commercials of all time. I don't think I saw a single one. Like, I like the movie promos, 
Did you see the mm-hmm. new promo for Twister 2? Or Twisters, oh. I should say. God. Do we need another Twister? Twisters? No. Uh, I did see that. But it looks good. And then I'll watch it. And, yeah, it looked pretty good. Yeah, it does. It looks all right. I may watch it. I don't, there was Wicked. I saw that coming out with Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. That was another one that I saw. What was, I'll tell you one I didn't like. A commercial that was, kept grossing me out. It was the Popeyes commercial with Ken Jeong. And so I appreciate that Popeyes now has wings, but also like Ken Jeong with wing sauce all over his face, like progressively getting grosser as the advertisement went on. I was like, all right, I get it. You have wings. I don't need to see wing sauce all over this dude's face, but it was pretty good. The, the Ben MGM one with Vince Vaughn and Tom Brady, pretty good. I thought that was pretty well done. There were some decent ones, but I was not blown away by any commercial. Again, I just feel like the creativity is lost. It's the same thing with movies. Are there not any original concepts anymore? Like when I saw the promo for that Twister movie, which I loved Twister, the first one, Mm -hmm. and whoever is the lead actor in that movie, I know he's like the hot guy right now. Like I'll watch it. He looks hot. Um, But do we not (laughs) have any original ideas? anymore it feels like we're just doing retreads of everything and even the super bowl halftime show usher did not do a single new song and you know what damn it was great so maybe that's the thing they are just banking on nostalgia for like us older folks but it did feel lacking of new ideas and new promos and new songs so what did you think of usher I thought Usher was good. It felt a it felt a touch dated to me, which it probably should because Usher, this is not his heyday. He just finished a residency out in Las Vegas. But I thought he did a good job. Everybody showed up that we hope would show up. I thought, although I will say this, I don't know what Jermaine Dupree had in mind when he decided oh, no. to dress up for this show. I don't know if he was going for adult schoolboy, but Jermaine Dupree is not like a tall guy anyway, and I no. would not, I would not wear something that made me look like an Oompa Loompa, like two feet tall. I'm like, what? In oh, no. somebody should have stepped in and said, "Hey, these frilly dress socks that you're wearing, that I have not, not seen, not for you, but like you have a lot of options here." And that was that was tough for me to see. I was like, "Wait, is, is that is that is that Jermaine Dupree?" Oh. That was the worst part of the halftime show. I thought Usher did a good job. It was great to see Lil John. Great to see Luda. Will I am. I thought her was really good. People forget about her, and she's so brilliant when she is on the guitar. Obviously, that's what she does. So I thought there were a lot of elements of it that I liked. But Jermaine Dupree, I did not. I could not go for that. No. He looked like the mayor of like Munchkinville or something. Like, is that in <laughs> The Wizard of Oz? Like the mayor of something. What were those called? Mm-hmm. Were they called Munchkins? Oh, I don't know. I'm forgetting. In the Wizards of Oz, there's like small they might, Yes. It's probably, yeah, munchkins. It's, it's probably like politically incorrect now, but, you know, that's what they were literally called. That's what they were um, called, yeah. But I thought the halftime show was outstanding. And I think yeah. this is because of, of my generation. And because when these songs were popular... This is when I was Mm -hmm. in college, and this is when these were the club bangers. So for people who were my age, I felt like this was a 12 out of 10. Every single banger that he did, you know, was included in this halftime performance. Felt like he did not dwell on a song for too long. 
And we yeah. saw that coming. What was the the over under on songs? It was eight and a half. Didn't count, but probably went over. And I did think oh, yeah. that the guest appearances were chef's kiss. Every single person that made bangers for millennials was there. And it just so happened they happened to collab with Usher mm -hmm. on a lot of his songs. The Lil right. John turned down for what? Ooh, that was just like a Love shot that. in my veins. That, that was, was incredible. Like if you can't get your blood pumping to that, then I think you're probably dead. Because think back in that day, and even now, Lil John mm -hmm. doesn't he make the most like banging songs to like get hype <laughs> to? I feel like he makes the best hype music, and a lot of it I can still put on like my Spotify when I'm running, and it still gets me yeah. going. That moment was amazing. I love that. No, and also you know when when it when it comes to Lil John, for example, or even Luda, like I don't know anybody that doesn't love those guys. Do you know what I mean? Like you've met anyone mm -hmm. who said, "Oh." Ludacris sucks, or I don't like Lil Jon. No, you never hear that. Everyone loves those guys. So it was only a matter of time before they came out, and I thought they were great. Also, I will say, if you had my way as what Usher was going to come out to, that was your winner. And the one thing I did love was the CBS intro to the game, which was shot in the sphere, and they integrated quotes from the players along with Sinatra's My Way. Oh, my. I thought that was just absolutely brilliant really well done maybe a clue too that that's what usher was gonna do coming up next year on the show oh we might have a super bowl to talk about but we're still gonna do mvp monday it is the daily tip for thank you presented by Ben mgm start there for more listen to the daily tip presented by BetMGM. weekday mornings from 6 to 9 eastern on the beck ql network the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts